welcome aboard. We hope you've bought your ticket of honesty, open-mindedness, and the willingness to try. And welcome on board to the train of full impact mindfulness where we fish without bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. We've kind of narrowed our focus down to the fact that we are spiritual beings and we happen to be having a human experience and that life is absurd. So we try to help people step back to their eye selves and become the observer and determine how much drama, how much of this human drama that they choose to participate in. And sometimes we're so stuck in the way that we are when we, we've talked about the Mary had a little and we naturally cannot stop to think but to say lamb because we're so conditioned and our lives become so conditioned. So what do we need to do? We'd like to have a psychic change, okay? So not just to say straighten up or fly right or do something different. We actually like to show you how. Now, for those of you who may have been followers of this program in the past. You all may know that I'm in long-term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. And my particular method of recovery is 12-step recovery. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to throw out this disclaimer. I do not speak for any 12-step group. I do not speak for 12-step recovery. I can only share with you what works in my life by working these 12 steps. They're about behavioral change. Uh, they're about a change in your thoughts and a change in your actions. And the common misconception is that these programs are either about stopping drinking alcohol, doing drugs, gambling, being codependent, overeating, all those type of things. So the idea is, though, is to get underneath the surface and find out what's driving that behavior. We can blow smoke out the first floor window all we want to. However, unless we get in down into the basement and find out where the fire is and deal with that, we're going to be uh, blowing smoke out of first floor windows for the rest of our lives. So keeping that in mind, let's, uh, let's take that first step. And I'm going to use some paraphrasing here, please excuse me. Admitting that we're powerless over our addiction and that our lives have become unmanageable. Okay, and keep in mind that everyone is in recovery from something, whether it's from eating too much peanut butter or chewing your fingernails or video games or drugs or alcohol or whatever. Okay, so let's take the uh, let's take the second part of that step uh, first. That your life's become unmanageable. Most of the time, one would assume that it's either ruined health, finances, trouble with the law, relationship issues, work. However, the real unmanageability of our disorders in our life are losing who we are. It's losing who we are. So I'm going to ask everyone out there today, has there ever been a time in your life where you've avoided looking in mirrors? Or perhaps you're looking in a mirror today. And I'm going to ask you, beyond the physical, beyond the physical self, what do you see? What do you see when you gaze into your own eyes? That's what I'm going to ask you to do, to take an honest appraisal of yourself, look in that mirror and look in your own eyes and be honest and tell me what you see. So 
what we help people do is to connect with their authentic selves. I'm not much of a believer in the higher self. I believe there's an authentic self that we've been. There's an inaccessible hero. There's an inaccessible self inside of everyone, and we want to get to there. So, admitted we're powerless over our addiction. Okay, no one likes to admit that they're powerless because often we equate that with defeat. No one likes to say, I've been defeated. However, there's a big difference, and what this is, is surrender. There's a uh, oxymoron paradox that says you have to surrender to win. Okay, and that is being absolutely honest with one's self. And honesty, if, as we've talked about many times, is the basis of all recovery in life. And it's one of the most effective ways to deal with that foundational emotion of fear. Let's imagine this. Uh, I'm going to ask everyone out there if they've ever had a flat tire on their car. Uh, a lot of people have not, however, can imagine that you have. But most people have had some type of uh, misfunction with their automobile. So often I'll ask, well, if you had that flat tire, what did you do? Did you get out of the car? Did you pour gasoline on it? Did you burn it up? Did you call someone and go buy another car and just leave it there? No, of course not. I said, then what did you do? Well, I changed the tire. Okay. So the first thing that we have to do is recognize that the tire is flat. Quite often, we're in denial or we use justification and we figuratively run through our lives with flat tires. So maybe oftentimes we can observe this in friends, acquaintances, loved ones. Why do they keep doing that? Well, they're not ready to admit that the tire is flat. So what we do, it's, it's, it's acceptance. It's like when you walk down the street and at the corner, the big bully beats you up and he takes away your lunch money for school. So what do we do the next day? Well, we go down that same street again and again until we admit to ourselves that, hey, this bully is just a little bit too big and too strong for us. And missing lunch every day is getting a bit weary. So what do we do? What do we do? How about taking a different way? We'll go another way. We admit that and we use the skills and tools to say, I'm going to take another way. I'm going to take another way in my life. We surrender to win. And actually, when we do that, that's empowering. That's making choices. I'm making a choice to deal with this situation. I can understand it. So when we talk about the Buddha and we talk about Stoicism in ancient Greece, what we do is we talk about situations don't necessarily cause the problems. It's our interpretation and reaction to them. You can continue walking down the street and you continue have the bully take your lunch money. Or you can continue wondering why your car is keep thumping along the road when we can get out and we can develop the skills and tools to change tires. So when we look at that second step, and this plays into holistic wellness, came to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. So let's take that, uh, let's take that second part of that step uh, and examine that first. So what we do is, what's Einstein's definition of insanity?
Do you know what it is, Mike? Doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting different results. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Have you ever done that in your life, Mike? Maybe almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Doggone it, I know it's going to work this time. Uh, so, however, when we have addictive personalities, what happens is, is when we engage in that behavior, we really and truly know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen when we pick up the drink, we pick up the drug, we have that slot machine handle, or we stay in depression, or we stay in anxiety, or we continue in a relationship that's toxic. We stay in a job that's not, not helpful for us. Uh, so, but we know what's going to happen and we do it anyway. That's addictive insanity. And that's the type of chain that we, that we want to break. So when we talk about holistic wellness, we talk about mind, body, and spirit. They're all inter interconnected. We're all interconnected. Um, so, hum. So we make no apologies on this program for talking about some type of a spiritual connection with something, something. So came to be leave. That means that no one has a signs of blood oath saying that they believe in some type of a higher power or a universal energy or some type of connection. It's a it's an educational experience where we connect again with this beginner's mind that we've talked so often about in the program to be open to possibilities rather than have blinders on and deal through life with certainties. So when we talk about came to believe, uh, many times I've often talked to people and I'll, particularly when I go to uh, rehabs, I'll be sitting with a lot of young people and I'll say, well, tell me what you think about this higher power nonsense. I'll just throw that out there. And uh, I couldn't feel five chairs with the thousands of people that I've met that were true atheists. Most of them tried to impress me by, or shock me by what they tried to tell me. So I would say, and most of them would say, well, I believe. Okay. And then I would kind of irritate them a bit, which I'm prone to do, by saying, well, where'd that, uh, where'd that belief get you? It got you staring me in the eyeballs. It got you in psychiatric hospitals. It got you in jails. It got you in detoxes. Uh, it got you in outpatient facilities. It got you in miserable places in your life. So you can believe in leprechauns. And I sincerely hope there is leprechauns. I'd love to meet one. However, merely believing in something doesn't have a whole lot of effect in your life. So what happens is, is we move from belief to faith. And all faith is, is a belief in something that you don't understand. Belief in something you don't understand. So, uh, we're sitting here in the studio, and above us there's these glowing orbs that create light. And I know that they are powered by electricity. I really and truly consider electricity to be some sort of magic resource because I have no idea where it comes from. I think it gets here through wires and it glows these filaments and makes light. I do know that it's dangerous, and I have stuck my finger in a socket before. I have been shocked I did that, but I haven't done it too often. However, I have faith, Mike, that if you go over to the wall and flick the switch, what will happen? It's going to turn on. It's going to turn on or off. So 
Does that, does that have any meaning in your life? You just have faith. But you don't understand how that works. No, and most don't. We, we have faith that I'm going to pick up my phone and be able to hit a button and call somebody. I don't know how it works. I don't know how the, the, the waves go out to a tower and, and interface over wires somewhere out there and reach somebody, right? And a lot of times we walk through life on faith, and it, it's, it can be a very good thing. However, what we ask people out there to do is put faith in action. What we talk about on this program is that faith and gratitude, which go hand in hand, are action words. Okay? We've often talked on this program about you can wish and you can hope and you can wait for something to happen. And all that leads to is anxiety and depression and despair. There's, uh, in the recovery world, there's four horsemen. There's four horsemen of addiction, and that's terror, bewilderment, frustration, in despair. So if any of you th those are riding any of those horses, terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair, continue to listen uh, to this program. So and again, when we're talking about the action and effort, uh, if you're listening to this program for the first time, uh, you may be, a, you probably get a little bit of a charge out of this story. However, if you're a uh, continuous listener of this program, you've probably heard this story at least 150 times. So there was this person that prayed to win the lottery every day, mm, sweat blood, prayed every day, and nothing ever happened. So one day they got so angry that they went outside and they screamed up to the sky, God, why won't you let me win the lottery? And the creator called back down and says, could you meet me halfway and at least buy a ticket? So what we ask often on this program is for people to literally buy the ticket. That's to take some action and effort in their lives, to seek out and be honest and open-minded enough to ask for help, and not only ask for help, but be willing to accept it. We're asking people to change from being willful to being willing. So when we begin to feel connected, because most of us, I'm sure, at some point in our lives feel so alone, so alone, that we feel no one understands and no one experiences the pain that I do. And I'm not arrogant enough to believe that I know how everyone feels. And that's an awful thing to say when you can say to somebody, oh, I know how you feel. No one knows how you feel but you. You can help people understand how you feel. And my hope is that everyone out there is empathetic enough that they can hopefully see the world through other people's eyes. So step three in this world is made a decision to turn your life and your will over to the care of God as you understand God. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to be an idealistic robot? Or you mean you're going to walk down the street arm in arm and goose step down the street and being told what to do every day? Or does that mean that you're going to live by some type of principles? What we've talked about in the past, that it's not being a mama or a daddy or a brother or a sister or a daughter or a son or a friend or an employee that defines a person. It's their values and their choices and their non-negotiables. So once we clarify those, clarify those with some boundary issues in your life, not only boundaries with other people, but boundaries with yourself, with the inner critic inside of you. Those type of boundaries. And learn how to speak to yourself like you'd speak to a friend 
when we have those values and choices, what we try to do is align our will with our values and our choices. Okay, And quite often we ask for assistance, we ask for power, we ask for the sight, the ability to be present, because when we're present and aware, this is when the Creator will put people, places, things, circumstances, events in your life, if you are there in the moment and avoiding time traveling to see them, then they'll have some meaning for you. Paying attention on purpose is really the essence of mindfulness. It's not sitting on satin pillows and going mm, all day. Uh, it's really in fully participating in your life, which is how we developed our concept of full impact mindfulness. So the idea is, is, can you develop your values? Can you clarify and focus your choices and the non-negotiables in your life to develop these core values of yours, the choices that you make in your life, and align your will and strength with the all to do to do the benefit for others. And that's that's truly the purpose. There is no uh, there's no reward, there's no prize for being the richest person in the cemetery. We walk through this life for a very short time. And again, uh, we are spiritual beings and we happen to be having this human experience. So we're going to wrap it up right now with our first three steps in 12-step recovery. Okay, so I'd love to hear any thoughts that you have on what we just uh, talked about. And Mr. Mike uh, will let you know how to contact our show at the end of uh, this podcast. So tell me, Mike, uh, when we talk about this design for living, what would be Mr. Mike's design for living? Having fun. Okay. It's whatever you're doing. Have fun. Get joy out of it. Get joy out of it. Now, and again, uh, I think we've talked before about our friend Thomas Merton that said, uh, there's a difference between pleasure and joy, and we were made for joy, not pleasure. And if we had, and if we do not know the difference, then we've yet begun to live. And we hope everyone out there begins to live and has fun and enjoys themselves. And we hope that you contact this program, and we'll give you a free prescription, one big prescription for hope, fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing and for a truly mindful experience we ask that you fish without bait do a kindness for yourself do a kindness for another to all are free none are free namaste please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast if you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website we have clothing mugs cell phone cases and so much more show the world that you fish without bait this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network find out more at sorgatronmedia.com